This is exactly right. To my favorite, to my favorite murder. Oh yeah, the minisode. <laughs> the minisode. That's Georgia Hardstar. That's Karen Kilgariff. And we're recording on video right now, so it's going to be self-conscious, choppy, <laughs> and uh, less entertaining than normal. But people love video. That's right. It's going to be awkward, and you can watch all that on the fan cult. In the fan cult. Give him some angles, Georgia. Angles. We're- Here you go. Your hair looks good. Oh, thank you. I got a um, cut and dyed yesterday. It looks it looks like fresh. Yeah, it's fresh. It has some layers. Then I had to try to do a little styling. Then I had to undo the styling. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And now I have a bunch of makeup. And this is for the people that are just listening. Bunch of makeup and hairstyled and the same black shirt I've been wearing for three years. I... Uh... And I'd call it a Steve Jobs kind of approach to <laughs> podcasting. It's minus the turtleneck part. But basically, I did my hair and then realized I'm just putting my giant headphones on anyway. So it doesn't matter. So that was a waste of time. But your time. bangs look great. Thank Shiny. You. Swoopy. Repping. Uh, right. Should we do this? This is where we, we read you your hometown stories that you've sent us them and we appreciate it. <laughs> Should we start over? <laughs> no. This is the question. This is the question lately. Should we Should we start over? I mean, yes, but will we start over? No. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Hometown, a literal axe murderer. Hi friends. I will answer your desperate plea for more hometowns with this tale from my aunt. Aunt or aunt. It's her run-in with an actual axe murderer back in the 70s. Mm. This takes place in Kings Park West in Springfield, Virginia, which is also a location mentioned in your Bunny Man episode. I thought this may have been the Bunny Man, actually, but it took place a different year. My aunt and her boyfriend were parked in a dark construction site making out one night. Oh, the 70s. The field they were in had some half-constructed houses, lumber laying everywhere, etc. Their car was facing the woods as they were making out when they heard a sound. My aunt heard it more so than her boyfriend did, but when the sound happened a second time, her boyfriend heard it enough that he turned the headlights on. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Out this of the is, yeah, <laughs> this is firm enough to be to sound like a real urban legend right it now. It does, but it's her mm-hmm. aunt. It's not like her her friend's aunt. You know, what very I mean? true. Yes. Out of the woods, walking directly at their vehicle, was a man holding all caps a fucking axe. And Mm. he started, all caps, walking on their car with it. Walking on their car with an axe. Holding it. Yeah. Like, that's menacing. Nope. Sorry, I got the word wrong. Wailing on their car with it. Wait. Oh, so actually attacking the car. Yeah. So that's not like, oh, there's some guy who is like the foreman and he like is trying to scare kids making out. He's wailing on their fucking car with an axe. He's puncturing metal to scare children who are that's, just trying to have sex in their small town. That's not a scare. That's menacing. Boyfriend struggled to get the key in the ignition to start the car because he was shaking so badly. But when he finally did um, and punched it into reverse, a, the car backed into a huge log and got stuck. No. 
My aunt says it was like something out of a horror movie. They had to rock the car back and forth to get it off the log, screaming hysterically the whole time while evading the axe-wielding psychopath. And they were finally able to peel out. They reported to the cops immediately. My aunt swears there were two men, though it sounds like only one did the majority of the damage. Quite some time went by before she heard anything from the police, but she was called into the station one day months later to identify their attacker in a lineup. Unfortunately, the same man or men who attacked them with an axe later murdered a couple they encountered on a playground. That was what got them arrested, and the cops fingered the men as the same two who had tried to kill my aunt and her boyfriend. So it's fucking a literal axe murder. Truly murderers. That's insane. Yeah. It took my aunt a long time to cope with their near-death experience, and she still sounds traumatized when she talks about it, but she remembers damn near every detail. Of course she does. Yeah. Stay sexy and don't make out near the woods, Katie. So she has a living relative who lived through what all urban legends are based on, essentially. And every 70s horror movie happened. Unbelievable. Just the thought of like, oh, here's a menacing man coming towards us. What's he going to do? And like, it's always like, what what are they going to do when they actually start wailing on the car is the moment of this isn't just a prank. Yeah, they're not just trying to be um, kind of scary and give some kids a fright. Right. It's like, uh, well, first of all, now you've in, you've in involved our insurance company <laughs> by actually puncturing my car. I keep thinking of like an axe going through metal. Yeah, that's scary. That's very violent. Do they have car insurance in the 70s? (laughs) They've had it since the 1620s. What if (laughs) what if one of my secret passions was insurance? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) This is so good. It just starts y'all. Okay. There's nothing more interesting than talking about your childhood with your parents. And one of them casually mentions an interesting or slightly negligent piece of information. Mm. I mean, you're telling us. Yeah, we base this whole podcast on that (laughs) chef's kiss. But thank you for uh, it's good to restate the thesis. So thank you. Yeah. (laughs) As conversations usually go with your parents involving wine, one of them will slip up because you're an adult Mm -hmm. and you've already survived all their shit anyway. (laughs) So we're sitting on the deck after some random family dinner. And then this part is written like a play. Mm -hmm. Dad to my mom. Hey, remember when we saw one of their babysitters on America's Most Wanted? (gasps) Mom, oh yeah, that was an unexpected plot twist. <laughs> and then it just says in all caps, full fucking stop. Once I picked my job off the ground, my dad went on to explain. When I was a baby and my brothers were toddlers, when my parents went out, a woman who we'll call Mary used to babysit us. She took really good care of us, washed us diligently, cooked dinner and tucked us in before my fa- parents would return. Mm-hmm. This happened on Fridays for a couple of months. One night, my parents were watching America's Most Wanted and a picture of Mary, all caps, appeared on the screen. Oh, my God. I imagine my parents exchanging nervous glance. Needless to say, we never saw Mary again. (laughs) I'm actually not sure if she was ever caught or what she did. The (laughs) The only thing I know is that according to my parents, quote, she probably took really good care of you because your dad was a deputy sheriff (gasps) and she needed the money. Casual shrug. Stay sexy and don't let wanted criminals babysit your children for two months. Devin. No, what did she do? I have to know everything. And like if if she had already been a criminal and she was just casually at a what was it state trooper 
you know yeah deputy sheriff law enforcement's house that's ballsy it is genius like hiding in plain sight action right it very smart of of this so-called mary i would say though that this would be a much more kind of like excited story excitable story if mary was some kind of a murderer i think that would absolutely have been told so it seems to me right most wanted maybe a bank robber that's what i was gonna say that's something like that yeah something checks they did a lot of check laundering money laundering back then (laughs) on the most wanted list when they were boring (laughs) yeah you know lady from from the from the local bodega that keeps writing bad checks ten dollar top 25 (laughs) she keeps writing ten dollar checks to get a roll of quarters so she can do laundry yep okay hometown juicy details In the early 2000s, I was putting myself through college working at a fine dining restaurant in a small resort town in Maryland. One day, our maitre d', and by the way, they put uh, the little umlauts and stuff all like wrote maitre d' correctly. Our maitre d', Richard, (laughs) picture early 50s. The umlauts for that French word. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm not French. Uh, Richard, picture early 50s, silver fox, impeccably put together, didn't show up for his shift. This was completely out of character as he was always the first to arrive. Just before service started that evening, Richard's wife called the restaurant to see if he was at work. She was concerned. He wasn't at home, but the iron was on and his apron was still in the dryer. After her call, we were all concerned. Around 9 p.m. that night, Richard's wife called back to speak with the owner. Our entire service staff hung in the, quote, dungeon, the staff hangout room, anxiously waiting information. The owner came downstairs and led with, Richard won't be coming back to work. Here's the scoop. His poor wife had come to learn from the police that Richard had been having an affair. Earlier that afternoon, he had been at the other woman's house eating filet mignon and drinking vodka. Then it says strangely specific details. Mm -hmm. After lunch, he picked up some item from the table. Rumors abound. Steak knife, key, ice pick and stabbed her in the mid back and then left. She was able to call 911 and relay what had happened and who stabbed her. Richard returned home, apparently intent on heading into work. And then she wrote, ew put his apron in the dryer and showered. While he was getting ready, the police arrived and placed him under arrest. Richard's wife arrived home to find Richard missing. Sidebar, on her way home, she passed the woman's ambulance traveling with lights and sirens towards the hospital. So she gets home, the iron's on, he's gone because they fucking yanked him out of the shower, basically. Well, everything was still on. The woman ultimately survived. Richard spent something like a year and a half in jail for the assault. What's weirder, during Richard's trial, we learned that in his early adulthood, he'd been living in the Cayman Islands. Then it says that might not be exactly right. Might have been the Bahamas. (laughs) One evening, (laughs) you're on the right podcast. One evening after a meal of filet mignon and vodka, he stabbed his dining companion in the back as they left the restaurant. He served something like three years in a Cayman prison for that attack. What the fuck? What kind of weirdo had we been working with? That's all. Stay sexy and don't drink vodka with your filet mignon, Sarah. That was like his triggering meal beverage combination. What happened when he was a child eating filet mignon and vodka? Like something. Ooh. That was his like school lunch and something went wrong. Also, yeah. Was he waiting? Like, was it one of those things where he had this this secret life kind of and it was all in balance and then whatever she told him could have been 
I'm going to leave you. Could have mm-hmm. been, I'm going to have a baby. Right. Like mm-hmm. then he just flip. There's a lot to be, there's a lot to be heard about this story. Truly. Uh, also just, it really does seem like stabbing someone. You should be in jail for more than one year, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I won't read you this, this subject line. It just says, what's up, my people. I recently took a trip to my hometown and while reminiscing with some friends, I was reminded of a story that I felt you needed to hear. I went to an all-girls Catholic high school in Louisville, Kentucky. We only had a handful of nuns teaching there, mostly just religion classes. This is, except for Sister Lorna. Sister Lorna taught two classes, chemistry and forensics science elective. Oh. Because, because all nuns are blood spatter analysts, right? <laughs> Although I didn't get to take the elective, she did drop a comment in my chemistry class that I'll never forget. Quick note to know first, Sister Lorna is all business, no nonsense, and she does not joke around. This is corroborated by my 70-year-old aunt, my 45-year-old cousin, older sister, and now younger second cousins who all had her as teachers. Whoa. Yeah, right? (laughs) She is clearly immortal. Uh, While learning about anthrax and apple seeds, she casually dropped this gem, quote, anthrax, tastes real sweet. I had a friend kill her husband that way, put it in his ice cream. Then she casually turned back around to the chalkboard and kept teaching, allowing zero room for any follow up. Most people assume she was fucking with us, but I'm pretty sure lying is against the rules of being a nun. Yeah. And and like I said before, no nonsense, no jokes. Over 10 years later, I'm still thinking about that friend, her arsenic, and if she got any help covering it up. From a forensics-loving nun. Hey. Stay sexy and don't trust nuns. M. P.S. She was also the only teacher to ever catch me cheating on a quiz. Talk about Catholic guilt. Ooh. Wow. Nuns. Forensics and nuns, I wouldn't equate with each other, but... I, I feel like... I think she was just trying to freak and freak students out and make them pay attention. That's a good... I could see that. I just feel like... Yeah, but if you're a nun, uh, why would you? You can't lie. And you're not in the habit of you're not in the <laughs> habit of fucking with people. Yes, I five yourself on that one. I was going to say she can. She's not allowed to lie to adults, but they're just che- teenagers. That's true. All right. God doesn't mind a teenage lie. I mean, who knows? Who knows? If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. 
Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Okay. Hometown stories. You asked. Hello, Karen and Georgia. First time, short time. I'm a new listener, but not new to loving fucked up true crime stories. My story happened in a town about 11 miles east of downtown L.A. I worked in the town commuting from the South Bay. And then it says, where were podcasts during that hellish commute? They were a couple of years away. I would always stop for coffee at a Starbucks near work and then head into the office at about 9 a.m. I got a spot right in front. Whoop! When I came out of the store, I noticed a young woman in the driver's side of a parked car next to me, and she was upset, and a man was standing over her between the inside of the driver's door and her seated, so like blocking her from closing the door. It looked like a family dispute. As I got into my car, I put my coffee in the cup holder, and I made eye contact with her. She mouthed, help me. And I I said, fuck, and got out of the car and locked it. I said to him, I don't think she wants you by her right now. You should leave. Sidebar, I had just started dog training lessons and had learned some good body language slash confidence building from it. 
So she like learned, <laughs> used her dog training. I love that. I sort of, from a distance. <laughs> but wait, sorry, what does that mean? Like she was standing. Yeah, like authoritatively. You know, <laughs> because her dog won't sit unless she does it that way. Well, yeah, you have to have this like confidence about like you're in charge, not the dog. Oh, okay. You know oh, I mean? so she was like, I, I was in charge at that dog training lesson and I'm going to bring that right into this yes. potentially violent situation. Being, bringing the dog training energy to the man <laughs> yelling at situation. Yeah. Um, I sort of, from a distance, shooed him away. He said, okay, okay. He got into his car. I called 911. Told them that the make and model and license plate. Another woman came up to me in the lot and said I and said she saw what I was doing. We went to the young lady who was in hysterics. I was on full adrenaline. She said he had a gun and was trying to get her to move over so he could drive. Mm -mm. She had met him at church and he had texted her to see if she would pray with him. My husband later told me to call 911 first, then chase him away. <laughs> and then she wrote, who knew? The creep was soon arrested. Turns out he had a laundry list of priors. He was 64 and had cut off his tracking parole anklet, uh, a last hurrah before retiring to prison. I went to the police station. Oh, and had a total meltdown at work 30 minutes later when the adrenaline wore off. They handed me a photo lineup and I ID'd him. He was arrested that day. Wow. Months later, I was a witness at the trial and got to see the young lady. She was in therapy and going to college. He got convicted. A year later, the woman who helped and I were given the Courageous Citizen Award and pinned from the DA's office. Hey! So, kind of a superhero. No big whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Stay sassy, sexy, and don't get murdered. Always be a badass bitch. Jen. Jen, congratulations on your award and congratulations on calling an ankle monitor an anklet. <laughs> <laughs> Truly a hero. For Truly. our times. <laughs> An accessorizing hero of our times. That is awesome, wow, though. She, a woman like amazing. literally said, help me. And she fucking sprung into action. Also, that just makes me think that I bet a lot of times like that, if somebody is like, like the person holding the gun, it's the whole don't make any noise. Right. Or, you know, basically just do what I say and comply. Right. And the idea that there was a person there that she could even look at to mouth that to. <gasps> totally. Thank God. Like, thank God. Serendipitous thank God. timing, all that stuff. It's crazy and, and good for good for all of them. Good for everybody in that story. <laughs> uh-huh. Except for one person. Yep. Except for one piece of shit. Uh, this one is truly a gem. It, the subject line is Margs for Minors. Greetings, pets and patrons of MFM. I was going to say Patrons. Because <laughs> <laughs> of margaritas? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay, you asked for embarrassing stories, and my family retells this story 18 years later at yes. every gathering, so yes. here we go. These are what we want, everyone. Yes, this is, it's all there. I grew up in a very tight-knit suburban neighborhood full of young kids. Every year for the 4th of July, my neighborhood would rotate houses to host a party with everyone's kids. When my family's turn came around, my mother was over the moon excited, decorating the whole place, and even going so far as to get enough alcoholic and non-alcoholic margaritas for the whole neighborhood to share <laughs> and then in parentheses it says you know exactly where this is going oh no i do 
As guests start, started to arrive, my mother, confident in me being the angel child that I was, sent me to grab the non-alcoholic margarita mix to start serving the kids. When my mom later went to the garage to grab the margarita mix for the adults, a full hour later, she'd realized she'd made a horrible mistake. Can I in say a pan- something really... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to say, like, kids don't need f- non-alcoholic margaritas. Just give them lemonade. It's like fake cigarettes, you know? Yes. Yes, it's an, it's an adult's idea of what would be good, which is like, no, this is like sour lemon lime, not carbonated, gross. But you're also like like, melted diet slurpee. But you're also telling kids that like margaritas are the only way to have a good time at a party. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. I feel like that person believed it. I agree. Well, <laughs> and I like, don't disagree. What other, what other options? I know it's so funny and not. It's like, okay, um, Mackenzie, do you want salt around your rim? <laughs> Come back over here. Okay. So in a panic, the adults rushed outside to find the alcoholic margarita mix depleted and the children of the neighborhood absolutely wasted. Oh, my God. I distinctly remember one mother being horrified and taking her in parentheses, mostly sober kids home in a huff. (laughs) Being a strictly rule-abiding child who couldn't even bear the thought of cheating on my homework, I was absolutely beside myself over having ruined the holiday. Another mom, whose (laughs) six-year-old had drank three margaritas and was found stumbling around drunk in the garden, grabbed my face while crying laughing to tell me I had given her the best Fourth of July of her life. Fortunately, for the sake of my reputation, the following year, another neighbor accidentally shot off a firework into a crowd of bystanders, <laughs> and this quickly surpassed the margarita fiasco in the collective memory of our neighborhood, but my family has never let me forget it. Stay sexy and be sure to read your margarita mix labels, M. Yeah, but also, Mom, don't send your kid down to p- figure out which one is which. Don't do... You don't need to do virgin cocktails. It's Virgin cocktail, it's like have a Shirley Temple or have... Why don't you take some hummingbird feeder mix? Because it's it's just like half sugar, half dye. Yeah. But also like... Oh, I wish I could have been there for those drunk kids. Oh, shit. How funny. Like, not that it's good, but how funny would it have been? Well, it's... You know what it is? That mom, God bless her soul understood this is the weirdest craziest yeah. thing that could possibly happen especially in you know if it was 18 years ago that was like the dawning of the helicopter parenting right era Suburbi- right and suburbia where it's like nothing goes wrong i love it yes, great. yes. send us those stories you guys it's ama- yeah when you did you fucked up big time but it actually it wasn't the worst thing yeah. it was kind of the most hilarious or kids accidentally getting drunk that's a great one my cousin did that at a hanukkah party just went around drinking all the em- almost empties of glasses Yo, and wine yeah. and shit shit face oh <laughs> i got accidentally drunk a ton of times <laughs> As a oh child. <laughs> oh, um, send us whoops. to my favorite murder at Gmail. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Associate producer, Alejandra Keck. Engineer and mixer, Stephen Ray Morris. Researchers, Jay Elias and Haley Gray. Send us your hometowns and your fucking hoorays at myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. And for more information about this podcast, our live shows, merch, or to join the fan cult, go to myfavoritemurder.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>